Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Reese, and you are listening to the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. Uh, pleased to say I'm joined once again by Mikey and Liam. Uh, quite a poorly sounding Mikey tonight, but... I uh, yeah, I think I've come down with the dreaded uh, post-Christmas look, isn't it? I mean, full of the joys of... Uh full of bellies, full of turkey and chocolate and, and whiskey and wine. And uh, I think it's finally caught up with me. For anyone like confused by Mikey's ramblings, there is January the 30th today. Is yeah. it? A whole month since Christmas. <laughs> you do. Well, it's finally caught up with me. I managed to avoid the whole Christmas period. Yes. And uh, Is this that thing they're calling the 100-day uh, cold? I fucking hope not. Because <laughs> well, this is day one, yeah, it's going to be a oh, rough situation too. Oh, bed, yeah. Yeah. As it, did it did it ruin your weekend or did you? Uh, <laughs> no, I was uh, I was alright up until sort of yesterday lunchtime. I started really sort of really sneezing yesterday lunchtime, twice two at a time. Uh, not that I'm ever that greedy, like, but uh, no, it uh, it didn't spoil the weekend. Uh, but um, yeah, not 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 a bad one. Like, uh, I'm just trying to think what happened though. Um, yeah, a little over the weekend, but. Um, uh, she went up the farm with the with the family to have a, have a look at the cows and stuff, and have a have a sit in the tractor. Oh, lovely! Which uh, she enjoyed with the cousins, like and uh, my uh, my services required elsewhere, which uh, which I had uh, struggled to attend uh, with the um, playing a bit of rugby. But, Do you um, care to expand on what happened at that rugby match? I won't, and I'd appreciate <laughs> if we didn't sort of get into the detail uh, on the pod because it's. Uh, Quite a contentious point. Um, decisions were made beyond uh, playing capacity control by the the officials, and um, we've got to leave it there. Fair enough. A diplomatic answer from uh, Mikey there. Uh, what about you, Bez? What did you get to? I um, I went up Snowden actually. Nice. Went up on Saturday, drove up on Friday night, slept in Bamberis on the in the van on the Saturday, Friday night. Sorry. And then attempted Snowden on Saturday morning. Oh, Dago. Um, well, the weather catfished us. <laughs> weather was meant to be really nice, clear and clear and cold. Um, clear it was not, cold it was. Um, we got to, I'd say, about 300 metres from the top. Yeah. And the wind was just 80 or 90 mile an hour winds, bang smack in my face. Yeah. And... If you see, obviously, I'm a big guy and a windbreaker. <laughs> so it was like walking two steps forward and 10 steps back at that point. So it's, it just made this turn around. It gets rough a bit this time of year. Yeah. I, uh, I tried to do Triven a couple of, well, I say a couple of Februarys ago. It must have been like 2016 now. What was the year where George North's dad ran onto the pitch when we were playing France? Something like that, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yonks ago. Anyway, it was. I, I remember, I remember that because we had to get back down to the pub in time to watch the France game. Yeah. Um, and the the land, in, the pub we went to was in a, I think, a town called Brinavile. And the landlord's mother had passed away the night before, so in her honour, every time Wales scored, it was half price drinks. It's class. <laughs> One of the best nights out I've ever had. Did, did, did the price keep getting halved and halved and halved? Yeah, exponentially, and was, yeah. It was a, yeah, what's sort the statute of limitations on his deal, bud? It was the first time I'd attempted the Clan Barris track as well. Yeah. So I'd done four of the others, but the first I'd done Clan Barris. And everyone says, that's the easiest one. For me, no chance. Yeah. But I, I, I like the pig track. Um, that That is not so much distance, but more climbing. Mm. 
But the, with the Van Bears track, it's a long distance. I think we walked 11, 12 miles. Oh, yeah, it's, it's better so, safe uh, than sorry about and like you get that point today where you start seeing more people coming down than going up and you just think oh yeah, bollocks exactly. to this like we try we're trying to follow the train track as well because obviously that's a safer mm, route yeah and it's still like you said it was taking so much energy out of you because you're walking into the wind it yeah. was easy on the way down it just <laughs> threw yeah. us back down like yeah well i was at the uh arms park on saturday afternoon I, I don't know if you boys saw this story on Joey Tomlinson getting absolutely decapitated. It was absolutely horrible. I've uh, I've never seen a crowd go so quiet so quickly, and yeah, like you could you could see how bad it was. Like he was flat out, uh, apparently choking on his tongue. But uh, fair play to the Bridgend Ravens players. Like they stopped. Like one of them put him straight in the recovery position, and uh, yeah, put a, put a bit of a sour note on the game really because it was you know it's like it's like ten minutes ago when something bad's happened. And it's just like. How do we get back into this? So, you know, because it'd been quite quite a fast and open open game up until that point, and yeah, it was just uh, it, it sort of went from being like raucous yelling and chanting to sort of polite applause because you know everyone was just concerned. But yeah, it sounds like he's on the mend. So that's uh, that's the main thing. Good stuff. Good to hear that he's on the mend, and I'm sure we wish him all the best in there. Uh... And get him back fucking fit as soon as but possible. He was playing out of position, see, that's the problem. He's supposed to be a hooker, but they had, him, they had him in the row, see, in the, in the back row. In the row? Well, they say the back row. <laughs> yeah, the back I mean, row. Derry Lake come a cropper doing the same. It shouldn't, it. it shouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Is that, uh, what, what What would happen if Nelson asked you to play uh, seven, uh, six, seven or eight, bud? I've done it all in one game. It was tremendous. Like the father Christmas of rugby. <laughs> yeah, we were, uh, funny no enough, was in, in fact, in fact... <laughs> Far before you were time, Liam, and uh, I mean, I should be an inspiration to boys like you. Um, if I, I think it was uh, it was against Ton Rebel, it was in fact, mm. and we were mm. over there, we were shorter players, and uh, coaches, <laughs> we were oh, actually, it was when um, when Rossi was playing. I don't, were you playing as well? I don't think uh, you've ever played against Ton Rebel, I'd, I'd remember it because like I'm, yeah, I'm, you, I'm yeah, from Ton Rebel, like it was, it was on the um, it was on the uh, park by the uh, sports center is it by the school oh, is it Tinnabryn Park? Yeah, I, I don't know, played them all, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were short of players. I think we only had, I think I was captain at the time as well, and uh, we only had six forwards. <laughs> and uh, Mossy was uh, favored at loose end, but I was favored at number eight because <laughs> coaches came up to me and said, They said, Mikey, you're all fit as forward. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, sh- shut up! Buddy. Where's it? Where's this going? <laughs> yeah, we could have to play weight, but like because we were short of forwards, you know, as a as, a, as an all round athlete as I am, um, after Dalians at six, seven, and eight, but uh, the scrum half seen none of it come. Uh, scrum time, it was pick and go every time, but uh, I did show myself up. My lack of experience Pro- at eight, probably, the probably uh, the nine, the uh, the nine was all over me like a cheap suit. So uh, yeah, I am. Um, I'd like to have another go at eight, but uh, maybe not timing in the in the distant in the near two future. Like, but uh, there we go. There we go. Well, if you want to be the first to hear about Mikey's uh, move backwards along the scrum, uh, you can follow the pod or on Twitter at FL Rugby Pod. I'm at RJJ Blue and Black. Mikey is uh, at Mikey S Harris, and Liam is at Biz1984. Smashing a busy news week for a change. Um, we've got a list here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve points to get of order. 
So uh, let's get cracking. Uh, starting with um, Sheedy, his move from Bristol Bears to Cardiff's been confirmed on the back of the Helford capital acquisition. So you, Biz, uh, what would you make of that? Good signing. Cracking signing. I've heard it's Sheedy for a long time now. Don't think he's been given uh, enough chances at 10 for Wills. I think um, obviously playing across the bridge in Bristol hasn't helped him. Definitely gone against him. But uh, but yeah, you know, to get a 10 of that quality to come in, um, you know, you've got personally I'd have him ahead of Tinas every every single time. But having that backup, you know, you it's looking good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, this is it, Mikey, isn't it? Like Tinas to be a can only play so many 80 minute shifts. But he's proved robust enough to play so many 80 minute shifts as it is, but uh, he does deserve a break. I mean, I think he's been a uh... Quite the find for Cardiff this season, um, mm. coming all the way from the Pumas in South Africa. Like, but uh, yeah, on the point of Callum Sheedy, it's like it's it's almost. Um, I'm not sure his cap, his cap situation is with um, internationally. Like, but uh, it's it shows intent for players across the border to come back into Wales, like with under certain circumstances. But um, I think there's probably still a, way, a bit of work to be done to to, to attract. The likes of Archie Griffin, who I'm sure we'll come on to later, and the likes on the to, list. Um, He's on yeah, the list <laughs> to 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 come back to come to or back to Wales to strengthen the player pool within the country because we all know that players are better available for international camps, etc. When they're playing in the country, like so, um, yes, yeah, very very good news, and I hope it uh, turns a, a tide of change uh, yeah, for, for Welsh rugby as a whole. And I think on that, it's talking of changes. It's, as I said, it's come on the back of the uh, sort of long trailed Helford Capital acquisition actually being made official. I think they know something like eighty five percent majority shareholders, which you know we've never had that. I don't think we've ever had a single investor have that much of a stake in the club. So yeah, hopefully it's a sign of things to come. And I, I like that we've gone quite early this season. I mean, last year we had to wait until the summer before we knew who the hell this playing squad is going to look like next season. So I guess it gives us a chance to plan as well. Um, similarly then, boys, Wainwright staying at the Dragons. Uh, Karas, did you see the um, the video they put out? Uh, the Dragons Twitter team. No, didn't uh, see. I've seen snippets of it, like, but I haven't caught the whole the whole thing. So, Dries, uh, uh, take us through it. Oh, I, I won't. I won't embarrass myself in impression, but it's, it's worth a look. I did laugh. I thought Wainwright, if if it doesn't work out for him as a rugby player, um, he's he's got a career as an actor for sure. Uh, but yeah, what, what what do you make of that, boys? Again, it's great news, isn't it? Like, it's um again, it shows that not all players are looking for the exodus. I mean. I've listened to a few interviews from Aaron Wainwright and um, he's a new football. He wanted to do great things for the Dragons and um, it really shows proper intent from from a player. Is you know, He's he got enough caps to go anywhere he wants and you know he could sell himself to the highest bidder and, and, and no doubt he could and there's probably a few waiting there. Like, but, uh, you know, it's, and it, he says he wants to do, you know, see them through so the, the the challenges there to be accepted, and he's he's doing you know well at eight. For the dragons as well, like so, um, you know, he, he can inspire a lead in equal measures. Yeah, I think so. It sounds like he's dragons through and through. I mean, Busy would have had offers from all over the bloody shop. But it sounds like he could he could have gone quite a few places. Yeah, and and for me, it's um, it's a mixed opinion really. And I know I'm probably well, definitely going to be in the minority, but. 
is is he too much in a comfort zone at, at the Dragons? Now I know he's Newport through and through. I get that, but you know he's got a lot of potential, and you know he could. I I personally think would improve if he was in you know a better league and you know better competition in a better in a better side. So for me, I think he would have done a bit better by going across the bridge to Bristol or to you know to France or wherever. Difference is differences when you're across the border. You 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 you'd be in blog anyway. No, oh, no, I get, I get that, and 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 they're getting their money's worth, and that's 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 fresh rugby. But, but when you know, like you say, per- personally, I just think he's got that potential, and he would he would improve more. Like at the Dragons, he's he's always going to be behind, you know, a failing pack, and, mm. unless they can prop, uh, you know, get some big names into that pack. But that's how we got the best of the be being behind a failing pack. Yeah, but even Faratau left. Yeah, you know I mean? for the fun. yeah, he obviously had different ideas. Left. He was securing his future, of course. Like, but obviously Wainwright's yeah, but... got different ideas about how he wants to conduct his business, and you know, no and, two, and, and two like players said, are the same. I, like I said, I'm in the minority and probably thinking this, but you know, personally, I think he's stayed good, fair, fair play to him. It's good for Welsh rugby. I'm not saying it isn't. I just think he's in too much of a comfort zone, and he could do better. I think um, I'm looking back at our much heralded uh, squad tier list, and we had him down as. Um, Welsh stalwart stroke Lions tourist. I do wonder, boys, like if he moved, do you think he's capable, if he wanted to, of a move to a club that would be like challenging for the Champions Cup or maybe a league playoff? Or where, where, where do you think he could think get so. to in a club career? Do you think? I think personally, his, um, his next step would probably be <laughs> the fashionable D2 or Japan. Yeah, but I think you know is that going to come? If 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 what 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 changes then? So if he's you know a new put boy through and through, and he stays now, and he wants to you know do that, why would he leave in two years' time then for that when he's probably past his peak then? I suppose that's the answer, isn't it? <laughs> you, you think you, you know what I mean? You, you can't say, "Oh, I'm new put through and through right now," and then. Big money deal comes in in a couple of years, and right, okay. So now I'm now I'm securing my future. Who's to you say know, in two years' time he won't sign another contract extension with the Dragons? We I, don't I, know. We haven't yeah, happened yet. That's what I mean. That's that's what I'm saying. And uh, in quite interesting language, uh, news coming out of Bath that Archie Griffin is staying on for three more years in what they're calling a contract variation. Now I think that's very interesting wording, and I think it's designed to get around. The Wales cap rule because if you vary an existing contract, we haven't given him a new contract, have you? That's what it is, isn't it? It's yeah. they, they've they've done it because it's it's his existing contract. It's a loophole basically, but mm. you know, it's it, at the end of the day, it's it's a smart move with them. It's the yeah. same as same as Gloucester did with Zamet, Really, you know, he was on an academy contract, and before he had his first cap, they checked him on a professional contract and and tied him down. At the end of the day, you've got to protect your investments, haven't you? I wonder um I wonder how many more of these contract variations we might see though <laughs> if if this flies and Archie doesn't get punished for varying his contract. Uh I do wonder if we'll see a few more. Uh, anything to add on Archie Griffin, Mikey? Um you know with Tom Francis didn't he an extra before um oh. he had to come back to uh well if they come back to he never had to come back to Wales, he never started there in the first place. Before he had to sign a contract in Wales and probably the Ospreys were the best opportunity. Mm. for him at the time but um, I think you've got a point there where you're going to see more of this but 
um, with having more of these contract variations, um, uh, what does it do to like, you know, uh, the 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 player pool in Wales? I mean, players see they can go outside of the country. Um, it does have an. I think it'll have an impact. Which will potentially have an impact on on that if if the clubs across the border and we can go as far as France saying that as well. Like. Mm. Think they can, it's, you know, essentially make up the rules as they're going along. But, but it's only going to happen. It's only going to happen when, not for as long as the clubs in Wales are so, you know, so weak and so underfunded. Yeah, and like I think we're talking in the context of there being a cap rule as well. Like, we I, we don't know how long that's going to last, really, do we? This yeah. has to be something I think to to make it to, to make the boys who want international caps come to Wales. Mm. I don't think we can get rid of it. Otherwise, we end up in a situation like Fiji. Fiji got players playing all over the world, and they saw dispersed. They play in different, or even a bit more close fiddles. to home, like Scotland, for example. I, mean, I don't think it particularly works for Scotland or Italy and, as, a, as a model. And it adds weight to the fact that we need a a more local professional league. Mm. Which, you know, I. I don't just give it the the AW treatment or the BNI treatment because that's fraught with danger. You know, be it in a WhatsApp group or be it on wider social media, and everyone's got their opinions, and everyone can shove up their ass because we all got our opinions, and opinions are subjective. So, like it, it it's almost forcing it, mm. forcing a local league, which you know isn't a bad thing. Like Lance Bradley is quite vocal; he likes the URC and sees value in the URC. And a lot excellent, of other people... excellent segue there, Mikey. Yeah, you got. I'll, I'll like let you carry on on this on this rabbit it's, hole. It's, it's like I've read the show notes. Yeah, um, like you know, Lance Bradley likes the URC, uh, and his opinion is um, that we don't like it because we're not winning. I mean, win a few more games and maybe change change of tone. But um, I I do see there is distance to go and growth in the local league. Um, I seen his I seen his comments on that, and it wasn't that he likes the URC. It's, it's his comments were that it's our this the only option to us at the moment. So we've got to try and make the best of a bad situation. I think when he realizes and once he sees that it's it's a detriment to the Welsh sides, I think he'll change his tune. I think obviously he's been on the English side of stuff and the argument from from them, so he knows both sides of it. So you know. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing. Like For Wales teams, the URC doesn't work. For the Irish teams, it does. Mm. And and because because we need, we like I said before, we need the extra revenue from away supporters. Teams like Leinster, Munster, Ulster, they can fill their stadium week in, week out without away support. The Welsh teams can't do that. And without yeah. that extra revenue, we, we, you know, we're never going to be able to compete. And I think it's chicken and egg, isn't it? Because once you get that extra cash and you've got a more stable game in Wales, then maybe we'll start to see results. Whereas I yeah. think we are, we are sort of treading water and floundering a bit in the current setup. And also, as, as far as the URC goes, like if the Welsh teams were to drop out next season, you'd argue it's a closer, better tournament for the remaining teams, yeah. actually. Oh, well, we uh, make it weaker at the moment. Well, you, know, you could you could leave the Italians and, and South Africans in there, and they could please themselves. Really, I mean, yeah. you know, perhaps put perhaps put in the South Africa, the Italian teams in the Curry Cup would be a move because they've had Georgian teams and a couple of other teams in the Curry Cup too, and uh, you know, the Georgian team has done all right, like. But um, 
you know, again, you know, there's been moves about previously where you know the 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 Italian teams would fare well in the top fourteen as well. I mean, you know, the the D two is professional as well. So even if one was to drop mm. into the D two, it's still a fully competitive uh, league, fully financed. Yeah, rugby's a wild sport in terms of geography, isn't it? You you basically got sort of six countries in Europe who quite like it, and then you know countries dotted all over the world that are thousands of miles apart, and it just makes everything so difficult. Um, you know the the <clears throat> ideal scenario would be that there were te- there were other teams in the 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 south of Africa that were as competitive as South Africa. And then similarly in other parts of the world like South America and, and North America. But yeah, just there just isn't and this this traveling problem and this revenue problem I think is gonna last for decades to come. Definitely. And 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 the way it's set out, I guess like I I'll reiterate, my my opinion is the way it's set out, the Welsh teams are very limited on how competitive they will be. Unless we're being bankrolled by the Wales Rugby Union, which is never going to happen, you know, we're always going to be at a detriment because you look at the population sizes of, you know, the towns like Swansea, like Tnethy, we haven't got the population to to fill that stadiums every week in, week out. Like you look at Lance Bradley and, and the talk, they're talking about 6,000 seat the stadium. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're only talking about that because of the footfall that we're getting and, and, you know, it's it's ridiculous. You can't you can't be having a new stadium, if, or a redeveloped stadium with six thousand capacity. It's it's just making it more appealing. Like you know, you mm-hmm. you you, you want to gravitate, you want to bring people in. But how do you make how do you make things popular by making not enough of them? I mean, like how many times we've we seen Christmas presents off the shelf and parents are rushing around Christmas Eve trying to find the present for Christmas, right? So imagine place yourself in a position now. Put yourself in a position now, right? That you are the six thousand and first person in queue to get a ticket for the first Ospreys game in the new stadium. Hypothetically, right? You know, it's not going to sit well with you. You want to be in that 6,000. But let's say, you know, the following week, they offer up 6,010 seats and you're still 6,001. Then you've got a seat. I would say, you're going to think that's great because they've seen the fact that there's more people want to go than there are seats available. So it's, it's a slow build. It's a slow burn. You've got to make it. Yeah, but the reason the reason why the, the the attendances are so low at the moment is because of the product on the pitch, because of how poor they Osprey's are. Osprey's got you a look, great you look, product. You, yeah, but you, yeah. I don't know if you can say are. that. So, because no, exactly. I've, I've just had a quick look at some stats here, right? So, Swansea, for example, has got a quarter of a million people living there. Uh, Bath has got a hundred thousand. There's a waiting list for Bath season tickets, and they're more than double the price of Cardiff season tickets. Mm. Yeah. No, but the product you, is just that much better. You it, look back in the day when the Sonzi, uh, sorry, the Ospreys had the so-called Galactic Galacticals. You know, average gates were up around the twelve to fourteen thousand know, um, attendance. Yeah. Obviously, um, where then? And that was then that was a great product. Like ex- that, exactly. Where yeah. where then fans? They haven't just disappeared. They haven't you know just gone off the face of the earth. They're still there, but they don't right. want to go they, because but they were the coming. Up, but they were coming to watch. They were coming to watch the names. They were coming it, to watch your Justin exactly. Marshalls, your Marty Hollers, we your Jerry then. Collins, your Philo Tia Tias, yeah. your, exactly. your Tommy Bowes, your Nicky exactly. Walkers. The product, Mikey. The, the Mikey. The, 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 the product was not the product. It's the players. 
Yeah, Same but, thing, isn't it? Exactly. That is yeah, the I'm project. Sh- like I'm that. sure Newport were having more fans when the likes of Gary Teichman and Percy Montgomery were, were playing yeah. it. When they could afford, when they could afford that product, when they could Sa- afford to put that show on. Sa- Same in Cardiff. Oh. When, when the product was uh, Heineken Cup semi-final, there were 55,000 people in the Principality Stadium. Yeah. When, when it... Scarlett's played La Rochelle in the quarterfinal of the European Cup, there was 14,500 people there. Now we struggle to get six. When you're yeah. when the product is good on the pitch and you're winning and the, the you've got big name high profile players, the fans will come out in droves. There's and a difference. That, uh, There's a difference between product and high profile. They are two different things. Interesting semantics. Uh, do I, I don't know if I agree. <laughs> well, you've, you've you made me want to think, Mikey. Uh, you've, you, you, you've got the Ospreys now, right? They are playing with. They, they went out to South Africa, right, with a bunch of under twenty ones, broadly speaking. Yeah. And won. Now, them sell, and that group of under 21s could well have played in the Liberty and won the same game in the, 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 the Swansea.com stadium and won the same game. The product is there. They have, it's just the fact that they haven't got that them, that them players on the park in that product aren't, aren't the, aren't the start teams like your Marty Hollers, like your Jerry Collins, like your Field Tees, Justin Marshall. Well, it, it goes back to what we said last week, doesn't it? We're like, what the best we can hope for right now is. The odd upset like that. Cardiff had one last year against Sale. Ospreys have had this one this year. And with, unfortunately, stronger squads, those results stop being inconsistent and, and so few and far between. And your team start moving up the league and it gets more exciting. It's, it's, it's an unfortunate scenario with the Ospreys at the minute. I mean, in particular, 20 injuries, 21st team player injuries. Plus then you, the boys were away with Wales. But like... <laughs> Like I said last week, how do you how do you oust the boys who've been doing the job for the boys who are coming back from injury? I mean, the Osprey's got a great opportunity to to to, to improve on what they've been doing with them injuries injuries coming back. But they've got to play it cute and you know not just drop them players back I in mean, because of who they are. In a, in a closed system, they've got a an opportunity to improve, but it, it isn't. And like you just know, as soon as those guys start to get a profile, they get poached, and it'll happen. Well, yeah, uh, exactly. unless unless there's a pull factor as well. Well, the pull factor would then be the improved con- uh, better contracts. You know, yes, better, uh, better, more, better, more money, exactly. More, no, effectively, more money because yeah. players will, you know, for the want of a better word, haul themselves out to the biggest the biggest bidder. Um, unless you're Aaron Wainwright with the philosophy he's clearly he wants to do for his region. I mean, more yeah. boys like that we need in Wales. Well, he's he's found his barber and he doesn't want to find a new barber, really, does he? As his... Nobody else can do what his barber's doing, <laughs> I know that much. Um, sticking with the Ospreys then, they're, they're staying in Bridgend for the um, the Sale-Sharks match. Uh, Lance Bradley's been chatting to fans about um, the sort of redeveloped stadium. Sounds like he's being so vocal about it. It sounds like it's almost certainly going ahead. And I know we've argued about where it should be endlessly, so I don't want to get into that. Um, but yeah, just a word on Bradley's openness, I guess. It's great. It's exactly what Welsh rugby needs. It's Welsh regional rugby needs. It's refreshing to see someone who's so engaging. I mean, David Buttress is quite engaging. And um, as well, like you look at, he, he's quite vocal on the old social media. And um Listening to to his uh, interview on Dragons Lair podcast as well. Um, again, you know, an approachable person with an approachable attitude as well. Like you know, I'm sure mm. he'd be willing to sit down with anybody in the cl- in in a pub in Newport after a game to chew the fat over what what the the dynamics of Welsh rugby are and, and look like in the future. G- genuine question, though, does does any part of you 
worry that it's all talk. And the reason I yeah. ask, right, because every now and then, right, we've seen what's happened to Cardiff. We've got, we've got new owners saying all the right things. And I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm like, I've seen this all before. This isn't going to happen yeah. overnight. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> to, to, to take Bridge End, for example, just an example, let's talk mm-hmm. about hypothetics. Yeah, yeah. not triggering anyone by a no. <laughs> but take Bridge End, for example. You know, they weren't going to make that into, into a fully professional regional stadium overnight. They had to run with what they had, even in, even the John Barkley Lounge, right? I'm, but, all, I'm all for leaning well, into yeah, that. Like, but, yes. but like, you know, if if it is a redevelopment of a stadium within Australia, fine, great. Pick, but make sure that it's the right stadium for the right fans in the right place. Or you go brand new. Personally, I I got a foot in both camps. I think you know brand new would be great because there's so much that can be done with brand new. You create an entirely different, entirely new atmosphere and in, an encompassing atmosphere, which is going to take into account every part of the region. Hmm. And there's you know. I seen a comment today that um, he he was basically lowering fans' expectations. That uh, there's a few comments come up saying that oh they would like something like Franklin's Gardens or or Welford Road when I got and he was like well we're looking more at the model of what Edinburgh have just done at the Hive. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's and... Franklin's Gardens and, and and Welford Road? They they are what fourteen fifteen thousand. No, are about they? Thirty thousand. Thirty. 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 No. So yeah, but this the, the thing for me with with the Ospreys again, like I say, is selling themselves short. You know, they've they are the most competitive uh, Welsh region this year. Yeah. You know, but you know that's that's the facts don't lie, and they're selling themselves short. They're in a European uh, you know, last sixteen, and they've taken the game to a stadium where they can sell Eight. six thousand tickets again, and that's. 8,000 tickets, sorry. And, you know, that's that, that, that to me isn't being, you know, fair to all the fans that would actually come. You know, so where, say, where, where do they go within or, Australia then? Well, they could have stayed in Liberty for that game. And only look at Swans selling half the stadium yeah, yeah, but how do you know, though? Like you say, a, a, a competitive and a hmm. winning team will put bums on seats. It goes back to you saying a, economics. a minute ago, Mikey, doesn't it? They're like there's there's a bit of a buzz about them right now. Well yeah. And I exactly. do I do wonder what would happen if they marketed the fuck out of it and <sighs> tried to get a big crowd at the Liberty. And you like for example against Connaught now coming up, we know we're gonna have a shit crowd because it's fucking Connaught in the URC during the Six Nations. But like so we've I think we've we we're doing um, we're doing club days. So we're giving I think twenty five tickets to each club in the region just to come for free, and that's great that's, move. Yeah, I mean the rest of the regions can do as well. And I think especially for like a last sixteen match in the, um, sorry in the ch- in the Challenge Cup against recognisable opposition, I think you could get a bit of a buzz going if you did something like that. But way other than Swansea dot com, right, oh. which would still feel a bit empty, even if they sold mm. ten thousand tickets, right, twelve. At a push, I mean, you, you've got to ask, right? How many mm. fans a sale are going to bring down? But we can only compare it to what they brought down to Cardiff. Yeah. Now that's a right. What's what's it? You know, even if they came down motorways, it's another hour from Cardiff to mm-hmm. to Swansea, there or thereabouts. You know, it'll be. It's going to what it's what it's going to be. It's going to be a, a great. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. How many fans sale bring? Whether we get that data or not, I don't know. 
Mm. Uh, will it be another sellout? I I predict it will be. Will oh it be? no, they'll they'll sell out. They they ought to sell out the brewery field for will that. It, will it will it be a lot of Osprey fans? Yes. Will it be a lot of Sale fans? Probably not. Probably no more than what you'd see in Cardiff. Maybe even a few less. But this will be a great comparison. You know, all right? There's not the 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 the, the capacity in the brewery field as there is the Arms Park. However, it'll still be a great comparison to see what away travelling fans from England going to a stadium like the Brewery Field will be in terms of what the future may look like in terms of a more local league as well. I mean... Like so you're saying. But, Harlequins but, but having, playing, it in, having it in Regent is automatically lowering the amount of away support that's going to be available. But logistically, it's the best stadium they can they can look at because it's closest the closest stadium in, in, the, in the region to England. But just Swansea.com is available. But they're not going to fill it. It's, they're not. It's it's too expensive, isn't it? You know, this is this is documented. It's not for, fit for to European knockout for, for, for rugby. For for, for for a URC game, I see it. I see the value in moving it. I, I I really do. For a knockout game against you know an English side, you you just go with it. Like 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 we said, you market it. You 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 well, market yeah. the hell out of it, and you get as many bounds on seats as you possibly possibly can. So you've, and you've, you've, they've you've just played, missed an opportunity. Or you play to ten thousand people in a half empty stadium, or you play to eight thousand people in a full stadium full of noise. Tricky. You know, I, I, I get it's it tricky. And I, could I think be twelve, fourteen. Yeah. You, know, you look at what have got been said by um, the, the players most recently, like what uh, Jab Sebastian on the draw on the Scarlet Fever podcast. Um, how good it is to um, play in front of an invested crowd, filling a smaller stadium. I mean, you know, you got fifteen thousand seats in a town. In Clearly, which only has twenty five thousand people in it, that's asking sixty percent of the people to part with the cash every week to fill a stadium. Ain't going to happen. Yeah. If if you're successful, it is. We had an average crowd of over ten thousand when you, we were you, you successful when we won the league. So happened in La Rochelle. I mean, I think La Rochelle's got a population of fifty thousand. Yep. But it's not easy to get a ticket there. You got but... a successful team, and and you're winning, and you're competitive. That stadium will be full. I, I of think. Most I weeks. think. I think you're right that like the liberty is too big. Like it's twenty one thousand seats. It's and like it's yeah, it's a bit heartless and it's a bit of a pisser to get to. It's been the elephant in the room for the Ospreys for quite some time. Yeah, like they, they were never going to sell out the liberty. Even I, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think personally. Yeah, you get twenty one thousand people at rugby matches week in week out. No, ever not, not in Wales. Wales. No. Um. So you're right, but. I, I think I agree that talking about a six thousand seater stadium for the redevelopment is a bit too small. Perhaps six thousand is the initial figure. Six thousand will look to expand to eight. Possibly. But for I mean, me, you've got if, a minimum yeah. ten. You you got a plan? Two, for yeah, five figures sounds right, doesn't it? <laughs> minimum ten. I'd even suggest you'd have to plan put in a plan and application for fifteen. Mm. Just because you know you have that potential to go that far, you yeah. may not need it, but it's there. I mean, you'd rather have it, not need it, than need they it. They will not never have it. be able to hold their own. If if, if it, we do get competitive, we do. They'll never be able to hold their own quarterfinals in European competitions. That's a point. But they've got the liberty in, the, in, 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 in the meantime. They've got liberty. <laughs> that would be, that would be a ter- terrific irony, wouldn't it? Like <laughs> exactly, like you just literally. Yeah. Final it's thing just... on this, boys. Something I found interesting about Lance Bradley's comments. Uh, a few people said. Because he, he asked, like, what should a stadium look like? And his poll had three options. And, and one option that wasn't on there was seats and terraces both sides. Um, this and he, was discussed in the comments. Yeah, and he kept mentioning that um, it wouldn't work for hospitality. You know, I don't quite understand why that's the case. You could quite easily 
do that. But, see, so, but it sounds to me like he's already got a plan. Yeah, he's definitely got a plan, isn't he? Mm. You know, I mean, he's he's a, a, a what's he a, the uh, what is he the CEO of mm. previously of Gloucester, so he Gloucester. knows the yeah. crack. Um, he knows what's needed, and he knows the challenges from what he's seen in Gloucester, and obviously that brings with a wealth of experience. And mm. like he, you know, obviously he, there's a commercial aspect as well to to respect because I mean, that's what brings in the big bucks. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, if that's the end of that, uh, you did mention in the thread, Mikey, that uh, Scarlet Fever were talking about George North might make it to Rugby World Cup 2027. Uh, yeah. It's, this I'm is, more surprised it's... by how young he is. <laughs> Still, somehow. He seems about 47. What is he? About 13 now, is he? <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, um, I think Scarlet Fever picked up on it. and um, Yeah, 31. It was, it, it, I had him the wrong way around. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it was in, uh, in in media outlets as well. Um, it was only mm. the headline I seen. But um, does that open the door? The first question I asked myself was, it, does it open the door to those players in the D2 as well? Like Tom mm. Francis, like Ross Moriarty, Sam Davis might be a bit of a stretch. Um, seen the other day, Jimmy Gopper, they just signed for proper Jimmy Gopper, they've just signed for Perrance as well. And, Bloody yeah, that guy will go till he can't go no more. Um, but uh, it, it, you got to wonder: Will what? How they intend to manage him? Are they are mm. they going to flog him? And or, or will the upper echelons of the WRU sort sort of try to work with Provence and George North and say, look, you know, try not to play him as much as you want. Provence will absolutely not go. Oh, well, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know yes. And is he playing a good enough standard there to be playing in national rugby? Is, can can he flitter between two? You know, is he's got enough international experience to be able to sort of fall back into place? Well, I, I suppose, think we got. I suppose, I suppose the thing there is, yeah. I suppose the thing there, boys, mind is that um, you know he never really played a lot of regional rugby anyway, did he? When he was no. back in Wales, so he is he is one of these team Wales players who just seems to be able to get it up for big tournaments and whatnot. But yeah, 34, 35 outside centre. It's it, that's his limit, I think, as a as a as a as a professional rugby player going to a World Cup. I mean, Alan just about was 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 going at thirty mid thirties when he but he pulled out to the last minute for you know his own his own reasons, of course. But mm. I think you know going to a World Cup at thirty five, like I think that's that's your lot. You don't see many unless many players plus thirty five, so well. and, yeah. and unless like yeah, I'm sure there's a, a, yeah, and or there was a Uruguayan. I'm going to say there's a Uruguayan prop back in 99 who was or a Uruguayan player, not maybe a prop, probably was, was playing into his 40s. But, you know, that was a different time of rugby as well. So Yeah, you, you can't base your hopes on dreams on uh, no. Uruguayan fr- uh, forwards from two decades ago. No, sure. no, exactly. The game is yeah. so much yeah. different now. And, like, you know, in 35 is, is the limit, I suppose. I mean, you've got an international squad made up of the boys between 21 and 31 if you're the out, uh, outside with George North like but yeah I mean we all said about Arnold Wynn and Tipperick this time out and then they um they just dropped out of the training camps so I, I do wonder if we might see something like that with George um right Spice something we all agreed on uh the Barbarians jersey is a fucking travesty 
that one is an untouchable, it's an untouchable <laughs> jersey that should have remained untouchable. Why were they even allowed to get anywhere within spitting distance? I don't know. I would distance. imagine, right, that the Barbarian FC uh, committee is one of the stuffiest rooms in the oh, known yeah. universe. How the fuck they signed this off? Well, I can only imagine they've been given a good deal. I mean, you know, made away of the deal that Macron offered all the clubs in Wales. I mean, mm. three free kits every year that Macron are supplying Wales. Mm. Fucking talk about over promising and under delivering. So there must have been some some sort of deal which you know did the Barbars a favour. I can't cause... imagine they're they're in financial trouble. I mean, it's a well, char- no. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no. a registered charity in there. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, what did it for me? You had like it's tried to modernise it, modernise modernise it far too much. There's zigzags in the black stripes, mm. offset to the stripes to the arms, then stupid little fucking thin stripes around the the collar on the arms. I think somebody in the oh. comments said as well. It's just like the Macron logo makes everything look cheap. And like I, you know, yeah. I've, I've seen Division Three sides with better kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not nice, is it? Yeah, and the back is terrible as well. Oh, I mean, they've tried. It's, they've, every modern rugby shirt faux pas in that one kit alone. Yeah. Uh, have we all seen Full Contact all the way through? Not yet. Keeping it for my plane journey next week. Where you off? Egypt again. <laughs> yeah. We just come back, bloody Albert. Yeah. Back to Egypt. That's the way. Um. Yeah, probably a good one for a plane. Um, I don't know. My opinion was it is pretty superficial. Scratch yeah. the surface. It was. I, it wasn't for us. No, it's not like what I want to see as a rugby fan, as a you know a lifelong rugby fan. But like the thing I don't get is right if they've pitched it at new rugby fans because it, it's got excellent ratings. I think it's clocked about a billion hours of airtime already. Like if they've pitched it at people who are new to the sport, they didn't do a very good job of explaining what the Six Nations is. No. What the rivalries are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Even how the tournament plays out. Like I don't think at any point was like. The, I think the biggest thing was the the lack of access the unions gave them. Mm. You know, you got obviously Wales are going through this. You know, the near strike that happened last year, yeah. and they basically kicked them out, didn't they? So, but you look at the you look at the yeah but you look at things this, going you know, on that you like, do not want aid on. No, no, you don't. You do. You look at Drive to Survive, you look at the other ones, you look at the Tour de France stuff. Yeah, the football clubs and stuff. They give them full access. And and that's what you want to see. You want to see the nitty gritty stuff. Like and that that, that's what creates the drama. Full access, but you still didn't see the conversations, you know, the private conversations going on between Toto and Lewis Hamilton. That wasn't going on telly, was it? I tell tell you what one one private conversation that did make me laugh was um I think it was Courtney Laws chatting to Genge. And it was like selling out to the the office because that bit where Gen just goes, "Oh, it's some banging profiteroles the other day." It's like that's the ex- David Brent would have said that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it seemed like you know a bit scripted for the purpose. Then, yeah, I say scripted. I say scripted. Maybe like you know, like all these fucking stupid scripted reality TV programs, a bit like that. That's not what rugby is like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't you know, mean, man. There were I, 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 conversations about the, uh, the 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 difference in sausage beans and chips. You go the further up the value you go, like you know, and we all know and can appreciate that Welsh rugby is built on a staple diet of sausage beans and chips. But uh, don't forget the bread and butter. It depends where you go. 
Depends you go. Um, you, you said you've had a look at uh, Slammed as well, Mikey. I've, I've not put on the 80s one yet. It felt a bit depressing. Oh, it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all, it was like, I, I watched a bit of it, sort of, I half asleep watching it. Like, But um, yeah, it was, um, I think, on the last episode to watch shortly. But um, mm. it was like the, 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 the shift from the, the glory days of the 70s. Mm. And yeah. Uh, it sort of all come around the centenary anniversary. It was almost sort of like it was um, owed. No yeah. wheels had had, had had earned it, earned to, to carry on the, the 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 way they played from the seventies into the eighties. I mean, you you couldn't keep on rolling out. Uh, yeah, the guy, no. Garth Edwards, it's JPRs, Gerald Davis, is JJ mm. Williams, is and what what uh, watching as well, sort of like they made sort of. Gareth Davis senior, a bit of a scapegoat as well. Um, okay. When they named a another on the team sheet, which paved the way essentially for for Jonathan Davis to come in. And um, so, do you, do you recommend it? Or because um, I I thought the other two were really good. I, I really yes. enjoyed. Oh, yeah, I love the Brilliant. other two. Yeah. yeah, it's it's up there. It's it's it's, it's you know recorded and taking the same spirit and the same heart but like obviously the times are different which mm. makes you think different about it like but um like yeah it is worth watch definitely recommend for for those invested in Welsh rugby but how um, many uh, how many unicorns out of five um oh just just given you just what what, what does him the most is this that 80s period yeah the, the, when they do the 90s that's not going to be any better at all really <laughs> But from a rugby perspective, probably three three unicorns. But three as a series, three. you know, yeah. that series is a is a is a four and a half, right, if not right. five unicorns, particularly when they do over the seventies. But uh, yeah, it's um, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the Slam series. Mm. Uh, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. But uh, yeah, there's, it's just the, the the difference in time, the desire, and the, the the changing of the guard, and much in the same way you played it with the Pivak era. Like you know, it was that changing of the guard up with the the old and successful, and then with the new and and the un, the new and uh, untested. So uh, I think what that shows is that rugby has its seismic shifts through the generations, and uh, we're probably in the midst of one now. Yeah. No. Uh, absolutely. Um, right, three more bits to do. Let's let's start with just a surface level rumor that Cardiff might be host, hosting the Champions Cup final. Next season, if that happens, I'm going. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Pod Dales. Have, have you boys been to a Champions Cup final before? No, no, same. Just a semi final. Nearly had the chance <laughs> to go. A few of them. Uh, a friend of the pod, Jordan, went. Who uh, was had planned to go to the one in Dublin? Was it last last year? Year before last year? Uh, a two day ticket for the Challenge Cup on the Friday and a mm. Champions Cup on the Saturday. Uh, but no, either I th- great day. I don't get me wrong, but uh, mm. I think I need a vested interest. I need to see the ospreys, they all the dragons to uh, oh, to really get my juices flowing. Yeah, I think so. Oh, um, you know, it's uh, I mean, what you know, I mean, oh. like La Rochelle and Leinster, like oh. you know, does that a great spectacle? Don't get me wrong, yeah. for, the, for the impartial, but as it happens, I quite happily watch on telly. In As it happens, I have, I have been. Oh, I went to go. the one, I went to the one out of COVID in Twickenham, 
uh, La Rochelle against Toulouse. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. And where, where, they, where there was only 40,000 tickets sold. Oh. And because it was like the first event back out of COVID, yeah. it was amazing. The, the rugby was good as well. Yeah. Uh, finally then, boys, uh, Welsh Government opened the talks about the COVID loan. Um, I haven't read the detail on this, but I guess if that's the headline, we'll just put a pin in that and wait until the talks start. I mean, it's good that they're open to talks, but... Yeah, and what, what does that look like going forward? We're only going to find out as news develops, like, but uh, yeah, um, I think something's got to be done with the percentages. That has to change. I mean, even a drop to 6% would be nice. Yeah. Um, to a drop to 4 would be fantastic to be on a level terms with the clubs in England at two percent. We mm. wouldn't know. We wouldn't even know who we were anymore. Yeah, um, surely in the lap of the gods then. And uh, finally, like Cecilia Tupilato has been named as the um, the winner of the Pride of Grant Sporting Hero of the Year award. Well deserved, actually, man. Like she really lit up the Six Nations last year. I thought, and I think she's really helped to just add some excitement to the women's Six Nations. Um, superstar in the making for for Wales women, I think. Definitely up there with uh, you know Jazz Joyce who's doing great things with um, Wales yeah, sevens. Yeah, as it is. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not Wales sevens, GB sevens. I mean, yeah, you know, there's there's players pushing themselves to the front. I mean, with the with the recent news of there being a women's Lions tour as well, which is fantastic news. Um, I think there's there's two cement this space on the plane as it is. At the very least, I mean, there's other other players in Wales, of course, as well. We're going to go, but um, you've got to sort of stick your last few shekels on uh, <laughs> on uh, one or both of them, then uh, it'd be a safe bet. There we go. That right, boys. It's Scotland week. I thought the squad was going to be announced today, and I yeah. thought you could have something to talk about. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> in a very ungatland move, he's actually looks like he's going to name it on the correct day rather than going early. Uh, so I thought. In the spirit of Guess the Wheels 23, we could have a little chat about selection headaches, etc. Like, don't feel any um, need to show your hands to our competitors. There's eight to us now. Three Reese's, by the way. I know. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, some sort of record. Um, So, Scotland, first of all, then, I guess uh, big news is WP Nell is out. At 38, was he so much of a force to be reckoned with, boys? No, I don't think so. Like, is that the kick in the nuts happened. that people are talking about? It's it's the depth up front. I mean, uh, WP's a, a tight dead, isn't he? I mean, and uh, names get away from you. The next best tight dead in Scotland is, but um, and you know, he is another South African playing his trade in the north. Yeah, which doesn't sit well with me. But that's another pod for another time, of course. But um, South Africa is a uh, mini Scotland, isn't it? In Scotland is mini South Africa, the other way round. <laughs> but uh, you know, he he brings a. a Biz will attest to this as well. Like, you know, you, you only get mature with the age as a prop. And uh, at 38, he's pushing his luck. Yeah. But um, I think uh, he'd still be a force to be reckoned with up front. He's he, sort of doing he the money. Uh... He wouldn't be there if he couldn't do the fitness test or anything. Like yeah. So he's obviously got something left to give. But it's, injury rules him out. It's uh, Scarlet's legend, Javin Sebastian, his replacement, Biz. Yep. Yeah. Again, he didn't really light, light, light up the, the pitch when he was with us. Mm. Always, always had potential. Always really good. Um, not really good. Sorry, always had, you know, a bit about him, but never really lit it up. And um, you know, when he had the first call up to Scotland, it was it was a shock to most people, really. And 
he got up to Edinburgh, and he seems to be doing pretty well up there. To be fair to him, there yeah. was he has come along a bit a, a good way. Look, what do you need to do as a prop? I mean, you know, boss of scrums, boss of lineouts, bit of tackling, bit of carrying. As long as you're doing your job well, that's uh, that should be in good, good stead. Modern day, modern day prop in Michael Lynn's, uh the flair as well. But then, if you got it all like Ben Tamifuna or Reese Henry, but then. <laughs> If you haven't like Reese Carey, then fine. Yeah, post destroyer himself. So, um, if we have a quick chat about the back three, um, it's dawned on me today, right, that Cam Winnett is out and Josh Adams hasn't played rugby since the World Cup, I don't think, or you know, not a lot. So, the back three really is going to be some combination of Tom Rogers, Rio Dyer, uh, Mason Grady, and Kai Evans, isn't it? I don't mind showing my hand, I'll stick it out there. Do you think Josh is going to get parachuted straight back in, first of all? I fall back for me. Uh, I um, I don't... I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, he could do a job. He did a job for the Lions. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I could also see Kai Evans having the nod with Rio and uh, Mason on the wings. I'm starting to think that's where he might look like, actually. Because, uh, yeah, I, I just want to see Josh and Cameron being fit. I just... Tom Rogers does Doesn't it for do me it. less no. than um, Kai Evans somehow. Um... No chance of Johan Lloyd playing bullback. I think I'm clutching here a bit. Quite possible. I think the... I, I can't see it. it. It is possible, obviously, but I can't see it. Like for mm. me, it's Josh at fullback with uh, Mason and Rio on the wings, and and Johan Lloyd on the bench as it is. That's the only problem. Is look, Johan Lloyd is, you know, he's the modern day James Hook, isn't he? Just without the uh, look, the gravity. I think that's why he gets a bench space for me. He gets a bench space because he is so versatile. He'll cover 10, he'll cover the wing, he'll cover full back. Which you know, is, ways is, personally, I think his best shirt would probably be 13. 13? Yeah. Like in the, in the same way that James Hook was playing. I, I, did, I did like Hockey at 13, but I don't know. Johan Lloyd no, is no, defensive captain. No. But then I suppose no, he's, he's, not a, he's not a 13. He's not a 13. You wouldn't have suggested he was a 12, but he was carving it up at 12. For Brist, Bristol, and then you know he had his first cap at fullback for Wales, which didn't go so well. And he played on the wing for Bristol he's, as well. He's, which he yeah, he's, he's won enough. caps on the wing for Wales as well. I think in that weird yeah. te- uh, test series against Argentina was it like in the COVID summer? Um, he covers it all apart from nine. But then hmm. I, I think was covering nine on the wing in, in the World Cup, so we don't know what's going on. I I think I'm going Kai Evans. Mason and Dyer, just because I, I don't think he's going to drop Adams in after his injury layoff. Um, but yeah, we that well, that remains to be seen. Centers and look, um, smart money's probably on George North and Tompkins, but again, North has got a bit of a stinger. Any news on that, boys? I haven't seen anything, yeah. And I suppose then the alternative is um, Owen Watkin, who I do quite like, but I also see filling out the bench as well, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Only because of, you know, I think we can sort of probably suggest that Wales are going to go with probably the most experienced international midfield mm. they can afford, which is fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your outlook. Yeah, Tompkins is one of your, one of his first names on the team sheet. I think so, and Every I think single time. I think North has played enough rugby that if he's had a stinger for a couple of weeks, that's not going to face yeah. Gatland at all. Yeah. So I'm I'm fairly confident that that'll be the centre partnership. Um, and if you look at the bench, and if we're suggesting that Ewan Lloyd and uh, Owen Watkin will be on the bench, I mean, mm. 
in in them two places that you're covering a lot you're covering yeah and then you could afford to have a nine on the bench whereas maybe you wouldn't have been able to do that if um your Lloyd didn't cover so many places yes uh speaking of the halfbacks and i mean it's it's almost certainly gonna be Costello. uh yeah and then I guess between Thomas Williams and Gareth Davis, uh, I saw that picture you sent to the group of Davis the other day, Biz. He's, uh, yeah. he's looking up for it already. The Team Wales Warrior is in very good condition, isn't he? Nothing wrong with being a Team Wales Warrior. Just look, make sure he's going to look after himself to be that Team Wales Warrior for the next World Cup. Team he's, Wales Warrior. He's not will... getting, he's not getting, he's the, not next getting the next World if Cup. If they tell him George he can play in the next World Cup, Gareth Davis is going to bite his lip and go, if George is going, so am I. Not a chance. Uh, where are you on scrum off, Mikey? I'm gonna in the background. I'm gonna look up Gareth Davis's age. Oh, he's the oldest man in the squad, isn't he? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's, he's, the, he, he's the squad father. Yeah, he's 33. He's still he's still starting for me. He's starting for me at uh, at nine. I mean, because I just think that's where Gatlin will go. Hmm. My, Card- my Cardiff bias is pushing me towards Thomas Williams, but I do like Davis when he's in the mood. He, he seems to turn it on for Wales. He seems to turn it on for Wales. You know, look at the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Injuries look aside, any hope for Hardy in the squad at all? Can't see it. Next time you see Hardy not, being off jersey. Aye. Not the way that uh, Thomas and, uh, and Gareth are playing at the moment. Yes, it's those two in some combination, isn't it? Uh, I, I'm going to go with Gareth because uh, it's... Um... In, in times as such as they are, like there's that uh, the club connection mm. that's been mentioned on other 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 pods as well. Um, is is vital sometimes in a position like that, like you know, particularly with nine to ten. Yeah, you know, you know what's coming. That's a good point, and I think we have seen Davis and Costello link up quite nicely, especially um, in that Scarlet's Cardiff match at Arms Park. Biz, like I think they mm. they played really well together. So when they when they want to, they can. You were allowed to attend that Arctic game. Oh, shit, of course he was. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right there. <laughs> I scratched that. We removed that from the record. Um, so that, that looks like a sort of amalgamated backline then of probably something like Davis and Costello, Tompkins and North, and then a back three of uh, Dyer, Grady, and either Kai Evans or Josh Adams, depending on injuries. I mean, you bring Adams into that. It's not an awful backline, really. No, I mean, no. like Rio is... Just works so hard. It doesn't matter whether he's with Wales or with the Dragons. He works so hard, and and uh, I think Grady's future is on the wing. I, I so, see so good on the wing as well. I, I see Dyer as having enough quality to deal internationally with a team like Scotland. Maybe not the All Blacks and the Frances and the South Africans of this world, but Scotland. I think that's in his sort of sights. I think I'll I'll be honest if if he's up against. You know, Darcy Graham or or Duan, he, they he, he's nowhere near them too. I think I'd rather he's, those two in my squad than Dyer. Yeah, he's 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 nowhere near them too, and and I think that's, I think I think Mason on the other wing will will hold his own against them. I, I fear for that side of the pitch, if if he goes up against either of them too. Gritty. No, uh, Rio Rio Dyer. Yeah. Wait and see. Just, that's, that's just where we are. Like I, I, say, was, I was waiting to see if you were going to say anything, Mike. You were making faces. And... <laughs> I, I, I got a lot of faith in Rio. I think he's not, he's not a, he's not a Duan van der Merwe. He's not a 
for a gear, is he? Mm. <laughs> Allegedly. I can say that now. Was, maybe, you know, coming from them South African days. Uh, but um, trying to get us in trouble this week, fucking hell. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> hey, we've been having some good numbers lately, but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's the star quality of Bizzer, is man. He's been, uh, oh, don't I say it's picking up already. <laughs> he's been bumping them ratings up. Um, but, um, I, I've got a lot of time for you. I think he's he's got something to offer. He's got he's got potential, and and if he if he kicks on, you know, I, I like we I think can't remember where we put him last week, maybe in the stalwarts or a regular. But I just don't think at the moment he's got that edge over over what he's up against. He is so raw for sure, and I um, and I hope to God he proves me wrong. I'm kind. I'm kind of hoping, yeah, we get the experienced centre partnership rather than sticking Grady there. Because if um, is it uh, Hugh Jones is playing for Scotland, for example, like he would just be carving up against an inexperienced centre partnership. I don't know if he's in yeah. the squad or if he's injured or anything, but like just watching Jones play, it's it's just a joy to watch. Sometimes like the angles he cuts and the the breaks he makes. I think it's Jones and Tui Pilotto, isn't it, in the centres? It's gonna be. Uh, so we need yeah. we need Tompkins and, and North in there to. Uh, to hold our own. Yeah, and I mean... And, and, and again, it comes back to the, the pack that we put out. You know, if that yeah. pack can have parity or, or get ahead up front, then that, our back line has that potential to well, do some damage. Well, here we go. I mean, if we start with the loose heads, then, boys, I mean, uh, Domachowski, Matthias and Thomas, probably Thomas, I yeah, thought. Yeah, Thomas for me. Yeah, uh, Domachowski on the bench would be my pick, yeah. um, provided everybody's fit and firing. Uh, it, it'd be that classic thing, wouldn't it? Of uh, you know, big boys first, and then when the game opens up, yeah. you got a Tomachowski. But yeah, he's he's he's, he's ah, give me the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the hell that noise came from then. <laughs> Sixty yards out against Salo. Ah, you, you, you've been so subdued for like the entire part. <laughs> Come alive you, you could, yeah, this this cold's made he's you quite volatile, and then all of a sudden he, you've got up an octave. He's, just, just, he's excited because Six Nations is on the horizon. He's got his daffodil hat just, on. And uh, he's, just, uh... just just took a shot of Lemsip through the eye, so I'm rearing to go. <laughs> he's excited because we're all picking Ryan Elias at hooker. That's why. He's no, not. Well, he not. He gave over. I think out of those three, you clearly are. Uh, yeah, yeah. So D exactly. Elias or uh, Evan Lloyd. I like this all day long. Gotta be. Even, even you. I know what I mean. <laughs> Before I forget, boys, because this is probably an important point. We've always started the Six Nations quite slowly, but there's always been a match before the Six Nations. But like the, the regions didn't play this weekend. Like other teams did. Um, danger. Yeah, there's under, a, real there's danger. A... We're under. Like even more undercooked than normal. Well, is, yeah. is it a danger that you're undercooked, or is it a risk that the likes of Tompkins, Will Rowlands, and Dav Jenkins all played. I mean, there's there's that side of it, but but like we you know we like the start of the Six Nations or any international tournament, really. I think I think Scotland could have been or well, is probably the worst start for us because they more than anybody start strong. Mm. You look in the past couple of years where they've beaten England at the start of the tournament. They, they lose love, every, they, they, they they lose every love, other game, but they'll beat England. Yeah, they, they, yeah. exactly. I think the English are scared of the Scottish, strong. I guess. Yeah. Scotland normally start strong. They have that big hype over them, don't they? They have that big hype where they've 
Dark, dark horses this year, you mark my words, yeah, etc. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then they and potentially then, underperform. Yeah. Exactly. And then they lose the last two or three games. So I think we were unlucky to have them up first mm. because they've got to have an off day and we've got to be on top of our game. I, I do think, I think that I have I've heard somebody unironically say every year since 2009 that Scotland are dark horses this year. Yeah. Every fucking year. Oh, yeah. There'll be massive hype, but Jim, you know, Big Jim will get on the on the on the train again. You know, it'll be we're winning, we're winning it. Grand Slam coming in, and yeah, you know, like we just mentioned there, you look at our back line. Even though the weak the the weak squad is as as weak as the squad is, we still put a decent side out. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you can't just write this off completely. It's going to be a tough ask because we've got to be on it. Yeah, you know, we've got to be on it. But I, th- I think we're sort of agreed that it's going to be sort of Elias and D in some combination with probably Elias starting. Mikey, yeah, give, give us a thumbs up if you don't have. <laughs> That's how you said it all, right? <laughs> never never forgive, never forget. He's got a tattoo on his arm. Um, Who has? Elias has. No, you have. Oh, <laughs> you have. Oh, yeah, never forgive, never forget. Yes, yes. Yellow card, Australia. <laughs> Stupid boy. <laughs> um, tight head boys. It's looking relatively bare, isn't it? Kieran Asarati, Leon Brown, and uh, Archie, the variation Griffin. I, I think. Oh, can we can we make a picture and put it on social media and just like oh, look? Was it Den? Is it Denzel Washington in the uh, equalizer? Aye, Archie the, Griffin, the, the variation. I won't lie. Yeah. I've gone for Archie Griffin to start. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be the our dark horse. I reckon he's he's been playing well. He's gonna show up in training, and he's gonna be given a shot. It's a bold call, man. Because like, do you know what? First of all, right, most people's squads are gonna look roughly the same. So if you get a big call like that, right, you're off yeah. to a you're off to a flyer. Um, but you know what? No, this news breaking today that he's signed this variation might suggest that. He's about to get capped. <laughs> yep. If it is, it'll be off the bench behind Azarati. No, yeah. I, I, I go down to start. I, Christ, this is interesting. Scotland always yeah, but... always makes one big call. There's always one big call for me this week. Isn't? But out of the three tight heads, Azarati is the better of the tight heads. You know, I don't watch a lot of Prem. I don't. Want, in fact, I don't watch any Prem at all. But given the fact that Archie Griffin, for me, would sit third in the rankings there, even behind Leon Brown, given the fact that he had a pretty good game against Ox and Che the other day, or was, or was Ox sort of maybe not necessarily giving his all? Maybe, we don't know. I mean, you know, probably he was picking his scrums. I mean, a good prop would pick his scrums against particular opposition. But um, for me, he's third cab off the rank behind... behind uh, uh, and if if Gats want to look at it, if they want to look at him, it's going to be off the bench. Am I am I right in thinking that we're all putting Aserati in the twenty three somewhere? He's on the bench starts, for me. Starts for me. Yeah, so it comes down to whether or not it's Griffin or Brown then for whichever the other booth is. Brown lets himself down because he's not a robust enough. I mean, if Archie Gav- Griffin proves proves Gavin he's loves him. Robust, yeah, he does yeah, love him. him, but he's not going to start. It's tricky. I, I, I don't know which two of those three is going to be in this 23. And, and under the radar, maybe that is the most interesting selection. I mean, the mm. others kind of yeah. nail themselves on. I mean, like, you know, we discussed the back line there. There's, Pretty much agreed, you, yeah. You, you can toss a coin, maybe at nine, mm. and you 
can't necessarily toss a coin on the wing and you're going to go with, go with experience in the centre. You know, but if you just step back a few yards, I wouldn't be surprised to see Owen Watkins starting at 12 because him and George Orth have been playing so well with the Ospreys, you know, a successful partnership and a successful team. Now, the locks, right? Um, first of all, for the Guess the Wheels 23 game, it can be incredibly frustrating because you might lose half a point for getting them the wrong way around. Uh, <laughs> can we amend that rule? Because yep. I think... Yep, yep. What you've got to do is you've got to look back historically and uh... see where that lock was jersey guess, right? But um, Fine. yeah. That's it's your uh, game. I'll play the rules. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Jenkins and Rollins in some combination. Yeah. I've a, for me. Yeah. We've probably Beard on the bench yeah. over Teddy. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'd prefer to see Teddy, but I think you'll go with uh, Beard. I mean, you know, in you, know, you, you need a balance of the mix in the second row. So you need one who's going to graft and one who's going to be a bit more um, flashy. I've always, always said the same, like, you know, mm. As 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 much as be like as much as it would be great to have two second rows available like Bucky's both are, they're just gonna cancel each other out because so you're both gonna get your look at it. You, you prob- worst. You're probably thinking Beard to replace Rollins rather than Dav at some point then. Yeah, well, it's obviously Dav being captain. I mean, it's not uncommon to see the captain making way, <laughs> but I mean. You know, uh, it all depends on who's doing the calls. I mean, I'm not a fan of um, Dav Jenkins being a line caller as well as captain. I don't think that works much in the same way. I don't think it tends to be a captain and making and, and, and having the kicking duties. But mm. even if, if, as we suggest, Kai Evans is kicking, maybe the kicking uh, is going to play fullback. Maybe they share the kicking duties. Anyway, we're not talking about back, talking about forwards. Hang on, yeah, on that. Sorry, uh, Biz. How, how is Costello's place kicking for goal? We missed one in front of the sticks the other day. Mm. Yeah, he's up until this year he's been quite solid. Yeah. Um, but this year he's missed a couple. Uh, it was against the Ospreys, wasn't he? He missed that yeah, well, that's right. Couple, yeah. couple of kicks against the Ospreys that, at, at, no, at, in the end, lot cost us the game. But yeah, he's pretty solid with it, and and I think that's what we've got to move on with. At the end of the day, mm. we haven't got a specific picker anymore. You know, Costello is obviously the the front runner for it, but. We haven't got a half penny to put at full back. We haven't yeah. got a bigger that's going to be slotting them from anywhere. So we've got to rely on what we got. I it's mean, uh, interesting to see that um, Anscombe's been training with the squad, mind. I did so notice any, that, yes. If there's any injuries, you know. Oh, no, it's far too he's soon. He's just going to come slot back in. Oh, he's far too soon. But he's been training with them. And, and, uh, and contact training, so. I'm, uh, I'm but, wondering if there's some shit shithousery afoot here. <laughs> like, but, Willis, yeah. but Willis was training with Cardiff. Before anything was signed, I, I, again, I'm not saying any anything. It means anything, but you've you got somebody that's been training week in week out with the guys. Mm. knows knows the calls, knows the moves, knows everything inside out. You're not going to bring somebody from the outside in when you've got somebody there re- ready to go. And, and anyone who's taking part in the game, just to know there is a other box on every selection. So you, you can you can put Gareth come in if you want to make a really bold call. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, in case anyone wants to take the bait there, back rows looking difficult, lads. I think, I think Raffle is nailed on for seven. Yep. And I'm, I'm well, Raffle at seven. And I'm almost certain Basham's nailed on for the bench. Yes. And then the rest of it, I can't quite figure out. And I think I'm going Wainwright I... at six and both of them at eight. But Ooh. Oof, I've gone the other way round. I've gone uh, Wainwright at eight and both of them at six. I can't remember what I've done, but I know I've put Wainwright at eight. I mean. You, you, 
can't play him anywhere else at the minute because he's playing so well. Eh? Mm. Is, they, so, I mean, a, a word on the other guys. So, uh, Alex Mann, I, I, I don't see him getting no. parachuted straight in at six. Mackenzie Martin, I don't see, like, he's competing with yeah. Wayne Wright. That ain't happening. So, by deduction, I think it's got to be Botham, Wayne Wright, Raffle, and Basham in some combination. Yeah. I mean, without Jack Morgan bringing the gravity that he does, mm. it's a bit sketchy for me. That back row looks quite. It's the light. weakest back row yeah. selection Wales have had to make for a while, for sure. I mean, for me, it's an opportunity. It's, it's like them boys on their day. Raffle is, I'd say, on on his day, as good as Jack, you know, and especially the way he plays with Esther. You got Aaron Wainwright again with him and Falatau. Falatau's getting on a bit now. They're probably their only recognised eights to, to go in there at the moment. And both of them again, without pre-injury and, and, and the way he came back, you know, there's opportunities for them to kick on and, and say, right, this is my jersey now. I still get a bit sketchy over Raffle. I think he does great he, he does good things in the nutritional league like the Prem. But international rugby is a different step. The the problem is, is when you see him players come off the bench the last 10, 15 minutes, you don't actually get to see what they can offer. So given a full game and given a start, you, you'll see a different type of player. But we've seen in the World Cup when they played both Jack Morgan and Tommy Raffle at six and seven, looking to nullify Portugal, I believe, was it? I, oh, I can't bloody remember now. I want to say, yeah. I, 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 there, there was a time, I think, in the World Cup where they played them both, looking to nullify that, up the, the, the brick. Was it, was it, what else was in Wales' group in the World Cup? It wasn't Portugal. It was Portugal... Georgia, Australia, might be Georgia, Fiji. Was it Georgia? I yeah. think it might be. I think it might be Georgia. Anyway, lots happened. It sounds. Yeah, but like you, you it's, again, it's, it's a matter of I think we discussed it at the time. A matter of horses for courses, and you you can have two competing open sides over the ball, you know, making a nuisance of themselves at the breakdown. But like I said, they, it's a bit of a step for a starting. Raffle at the start of the seven when he hasn't had many opportunities to start. So we may see the best of him. Fingers crossed, we see the best of him for Wales now on the weekend. Mm. It's looking like it, but we haven't been able to see it yet. Still think, I it's think, a tra- this tournament. I still think, think it's a travesty he's... that Tom Thomas Young is nowhere to be seen. Weird call that. I think it's his age, personally. Like he's he's getting on a bit now. Uh, and Raffle is surprisingly young. He's like, what, 24? He's 37. He got the. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. No, he's uh so yeah, I think I'm gonna s- just about stick with my my choices there. Um it'll be su- it'll be super interesting. Um so yeah, anything to add there? So it looks like we're going for a sort of amalgamated tight five of Thomas, Elias. Well, the jury's out on tight dead. Keep an eye on that. Um we're looking at Jenkins and Rollins, and then Christ knows what's happening in that back row. But probably Raffle, Wainwright, and both of them in some combination. Well, if Christ Ooh. knows, surely we can get him on the next pod. His jaw's not injured. Yeah, that's true. Christ, that's Christ, true. Christ, if you're out there, I mean, we can't say that anymore because we could be referring to Chunza himself, Mister Shinza. Um, yeah, oh God, he's he's gonna be. A, I, I I was really looking forward to seeing a bit more of him in the Six Nations. So for him to be injured is a pain in the butt, really. But but. I mean, couldn't see you say that, and then rightly so, but it's given an opportunity to Terry Williams. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I wonder if we'll actually see him play any game time this uh, Six Nations because you know it, it. It's the funny thing is, I suppose, is if like uh, if Gatland is true to his word and he's looking at people for four years' time, he's going to have to give him game time. I think. I think it uh, is. It's going to depend on results. If 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 we win the first two games against mm. Scotland and England, he's he's not changing it about. Does he? He's he's sticking yeah. to what he knows. And we're going flat out for the for the competition. If if we lose the first two games, we'll see mass changes the last three. I tell you what, then lads, let's um we haven't planned to do this, but let's do a quick uh quick fire round of which games you think we're gonna win and lose. So if I start with uh you, Mikey, Wales v Scotland who's winning. Win well Wales even, yeah. <laughs> uh England Wales in Twickenham. Wales slams on you, right? Yeah. Uh, Ireland v Wales in Dublin. I think it might come a cropper there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Wales v France in Cardiff. Oh, vive la Camry. Uh And then Wales v Italy in Cardiff. Oh, Wales. So you, you think we're doing four out of five, do you? We could, like, you know, sneak it in Dublin as well with a cheeky kayak. Oh, slams on then. The last, <laughs> okay. you know. Who knows? We don't know until it's, till it happens. I think we're about to see the two extremes of this pod. Biz, uh, Scotland, what's your, what's your head saying? Uh, I can see us beating Scotland. I, I can just about see it. We haven't uh, won for yeah. 22 years. I can see us beating Scotland. Um, England, I think we won't win in Twickenham. I don't know no, you. No, we won't yeah. win in Twickenham. Dub- we won't win in Dublin. Dublin might get messy, I agree. I France think Fr- will beat us. France will do us. We'll and beat Italy. We'll- We'll beat Italy. I, I, th- five. I, I, I'm with you. I think realistically, the best we can hope for is two out of five. Maybe, maybe a third somewhere, but it won't be Ireland in Dublin, and it won't be England in Dublin. Ah, yeah, no, it would. It could be England, but then I think they've been forced into a few different changes with yeah, Marcus Smith's Marcus uh... out, out. So I think they, I, for me this year, I'd say England are the dark horses. Oh, <laughs> well, for a grand slam, have a word. For, maybe not a slam, but uh, for a championship win, like I say, they got decent. If they play Finn Smith, especially if they play Finn Smith, uh, that brings in then Alex Mitchell's uh, fly half from, from Northampton, and they're mm. on fire at the moment. Like, they, they I do like Mitchell. Like, I do watch a lot of the Premiership, and if they play their players on form, apparently Waboso is going to get a, a start on the wing this weekend against Italy as well. England have never done it, have they? They never really pick the form players. Um, no, they've never. They've always stuck to what they've known. So, so what I'm saying is, Andrew Caposo is going to make him look like a boy in a man's world. We, we <laughs> oh, I, I would, I would love it. I'm actually going to be in England for the Italy game for England Italy. Uh, I mean, imagine now, right? At a 40th you... birthday party in a brewery. So, uh, oh, lush. I'm gonna be surrounded. I'm gonna be surrounded by some sice. So, uh, where to is this? What's the brewery? Uh, it's the Moore Brewery in Bristol. A friend of oh, mine from Aberdeen works here. So, uh, yeah. too, uh, not too far with the border then. No, so I'm hoping I can get back into Wales for the Wales game. So I might watch in Chepstow or something on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> just stay there and soak it up. No, like I'm, um, I'm, I'm driving because like the trains are going to be a bloody nightmare because Scotland are playing in Cardiff. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to get back into Wales. And uh, is this, is this, is this like, back. like die bringing Thomas back to be born in Wales because yeah, he's like, a... yeah, I'll yeah, watch him Mega Services if I have to, like. 
I'll be watching. I'll be watching the England game in uh, in in Sharm El Sheikh. Where, where about you, Mike? You are exotic, far flung place between Meagher and Egypt. You're going to be. Uh... Uh, I will be residing in my uh, company, my my happy place at the at the club. That's the way. And uh, I've it's my cousin's 18th birthday party in the evening as well. So uh, in the same in the same place. So uh, yes, who oh, uh, if you're listening. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's going to be a rough one for you. Uh, Mikey, you had a, a forbidden love, but... Yeah, um, I've been quite uh, perturbed by this over the weeks, as we we, we know. And um, the Scarlets have uh, finally come back with a response to the Crease 16 letter uh, from mid-December. Far too long to come back with a response, in my opinion. And the letter, as it was, was absolutely hollow. No, there was nothing of any substance in there to to no, to, to look forward to, and it was like we 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 do we're doing things, we're doing things, we're doing things, we're doing things. But what what is it that you're actually doing? I mean, the most contentious bit to me is is uh, not that I'm a fan of Scarlet's or Lethley or whatever you know ever will be, but the most contentious bit for me is that history of Lethley RFC. Where are they? What are they doing? How are they going about it? But reading between the lines and listening to again apologies to sort of name drops off and John Daniels on the Scarlet's Fever podcast dropped 7 o'clock this morning I was listening to that on my commute uh, and on my commute back today it was a long and fair play good good chat but reading and listening between the lines uh, I don't think it's going to be a positive outcome first and FERFC in its capacity it's as a it's, rugby club We've already said that it's, it's, they're done, they're gone, and they they won't be coming back. And just just so clear quite... that that that's that's your forbidden love that actually RFC's done. Well, no, the forbidden love is that is the the absolute you know hollow letter. It, they had an opportunity to actually go out and say this is what we're doing, and they still not saying anything. Stick well, the guns. We, could, we need to we know. We could do what... a full piece on it, and I think yeah. it it shows at the moment the lack of clarity and the lack of engagement with the fans and. You look at what you said earlier about Lance and and David Butters and Dragons are doing. They they do it very well. They engage, and I think Simon Mudarak done it at the start when he but he needs to be addressed. It's because they know there's going to be an insane it's not amount of backlash. Insane amount of backlash. The only backlash is going to come from people like yourself who have got a beef with the Scarlets. Like, like I said, there's, there's the majority Hang of supporters. The, the backlash will be from the pathway. They've cut 33% of the pathway. Not, they're not going, going to create pathways, it is. They're hanging off the coattails of Flandre College. It's not being cut because they don't like them. It's been cut because there's no funding for it, Michael. It's, 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 that's the reason, you It's not been cut because, oh, well, we don't like Clefty We don't need them. We don't want them. Let's get rid of them. They, they, they didn't have a fan base because the fan base was already affiliated with another team. So again, you can't. It was costing. I think it was costing the Scarlets team in the region of two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand pound a year to run Fletty RFC. Now that that money isn't there for the region, let alone a team that is progressively failing every year. Well, it's all some clarity that comes from from the Scarlets. Then, unless I see it in black and white, unless see what happens thereafter, because I don't think it's going to go as smoothly as as you may. You think it, but it'll remain 
We there won. we are. <laughs> um, finally, Mikey, on a on a on a light that oh, you got two shout outs. Well, one of them's not so great, but uh... yes, but uh, yes, there was a uh, another fourteen Nelson Bells in the uh, Dragons under eighteen squad uh, for the weekend. Go well, girls! Uh, congratulations, it. tremendous tremendous effort. I just wonder who's the fifteenth person in the way. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd like to know and uh, what's our fifteenth bell got to do. To, to, to nudge out of the way, <laughs> but uh, no, all jokes aside, it's a fantastic effort from um, yeah, an incredible uh, group of girls doing great things for um, for the girls' game in, in Wales. Keep it up, and finally, but uh, an injury, yeah, injury to um, Nelson, uh, Captain James. Don't say, don't give the boys a shout out without prompting because it's clear we do. Uh, unfortunately, James uh, succumbed to a uh, twin injury on the weekend, which has uh, put him up for the rest of the season. He captain in the team, uh, captain in the first team against Anisli, which Nelson took the spoils at. Um, and uh, as I'm led to believe, he's only a handful of caps away from a coveted 250 cap, 250th game, 250th first team. I'll get my words out. 250th first team cap. So uh, hop to it and uh, best foot forward, James, and uh, get well soon. Because I'm sure that uh, the warrior you are, uh, you'll get uh, 250 by hook or by crook. A couple of a uh, couple of wise cracks here as well, Mikey. Well done. Got to keep up, uh, keep keep the boys chipper in uh, in these uh, unfortunate times. Yeah. All right. Well, if uh, nobody's got anything else, I think we should leave it there. Um, the next time we t- chat, boys, we'll have played Scotland. The Six Nations will be underway. Huzzah! Indeed. Mashing. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Tara. <laughs>